We welcome everyone by live stream this morning. If you're watching, thank you for joining us. Get your Bibles out. Receive from God just like we do here. And uh, let us know there in the comments. Like, subscribe, and, uh, and uh, share the content. And we enjoy having you with us today. Also, I want to open, if you brought your Bible this morning, to uh, a scripture you're familiar with in Luke chapter number 2. Everyone knows the Christmas story. We're going to start there and uh, just kind of share some things in our heart. We won't take forever, but uh, we will share some things here briefly. In Luke chapter number 2, actually, let's go back to chapter number 1. And uh, let's start reading. Let me see if I can find the right place to start here. There's a lot to this. This is the story. This is Luke's account of Jesus' birth. Jesus was uh, not born into a famous family. He was not born in a big town. <laughs> um, can, can anything good come out of small towns, you know? But Jesus was, uh, he was, he changed the world. And so the story of his birth is a supernatural story. It's filled with miracles all around the story before, during, and after. His life, of, you know, was very supernatural. And uh, we read the story of his birth here in chapter number one of Luke, chapter one, verse 26. In the sixth month, of the, in the, sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. You look at the word city, you'd get misled. They say it was only like 600 people lived there. Uh, between four and 600 people lived there. It was an agricultural town. And this angel was sent to this small town and uh, to a virgin espoused to a man named uh, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So they were, we, you know, today we would say they were engaged. They weren't married yet. To the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with, uh, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. In other words, what does this mean? And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And verse 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, he was actually Mary, both Mary and Joseph were of the lineage of David. If you read the whole story, there's much, you know, many, many references to it in different places. But, but he was born uh, into the line of David in order, in order because this was going to come to pass about him having the throne. And thou shalt conceive, why, uh, verse 32, be great, and he will be called the son of the highest. Uh, the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Now that kingdom's a, uh, right now. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom, but it will become an earthly kingdom. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seeing? I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth. I don't know if you've ever thought about Elizabeth, John the Baptist's father, I mean uh, mother. And uh, John and Jesus, according to the flesh, Mary's, you know, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. But, but according to the flesh, John and Jesus were cousins. <laughs> Uh, you know, God works with families. And so I just thought I'd point that out. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, verse 36. She has also conceived a son in her old age. She was past the age of childbearing. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren or was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Ah, that'll, that'll, if, is that actually true with God? I, Absolutely true. With God, amplified version is a translation I like a lot. It says, no word from God shall be void of power or impossible of fulfillment. If God said it, he's got the power to bring it to pass. Has that power. That word actually has the power in it. 
Then he said, Mary, verse number 38 here, Mary said, this is Jesus' mother, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, um, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. And we won't read the rest of it. Mary went over to Elizabeth's house for a while and spent some time over there. And, uh, and a, lot, a lot of things happened. But I just wanted to read this certain portion of the passage because there's some things here that stood out to me in preparing for what God wanted me to share this morning. And that is, first of all, um, the, the, well, the thing I just want to emphasize is found there in verse 34 and 35. Because and the, the, Mary said, How, how's this going to be? She wasn't doubting that it was going to happen. She was saying, how? In other words, what is my role in this? Is this something that's supposed to happen naturally after we get married, you know, and so forth and so on? And, this, and the angel gave her instructions. No, he said, uh, this is how it's going to happen. Look at verse 35. He said, the Holy Ghost shall, shall, shall come upon thee, excuse me, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing... That, that uh, you know, the words, Jesus, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Yeah. Now, this is Mary. This is an experience Mary had. Um, and and uh, she, she got a supernatural miracle. She had an experience that was supernatural. Amen. Somebody said, well, I don't believe it. Well, I do. So let's just uh, leave it there. <laughs> and this supernatural experience... Produce something of God. I say something, not because he produced a person, Jesus, the son of God. But I want to broaden this out this morning and say, God has something for every man to produce that's supernatural. God wants, first of all, a supernatural birth to take place in every man's life. Where, where Jesus actually comes into the life of every person, remakes them. A brand, the Bible says in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 5, or 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away, behold, all things become new. He's not talking about the flesh. He's talking about the spiritual nature of sin and uh, all of those, those fallen things. That when, when, when every man has sinned, you know, comes short of the glory of God. Jesus will come into the life of a man through mixing, one, one doing what uh, Mary did here in verse number 38, be it unto me according to thy word. Yeah. Be it unto me according to thy word. When Mary mixed her faith with what the angel had said, there was something supernatural birthed, yes. or let's put it this way, conceived yes. and eventually birthed. Amen. And God has a... You know, this is Mary, and she has, she's having a supernatural experience here, but every man's life is to, pursue, is to produce something that's born of God. Um, it, it happens by doing what Mary did, by, by, by the mixture of what God did for Mary and what Mary did. There's not, it's not just, you know... Like, like the Bible said here, the Holy Ghost, the angel said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Yeah. 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 That's God's part. But yet Mary agreed with that. And she said, your plan is my plan. Your will is my will. I'm in agreement. I, I uh, acknowledge your plan. I agree with your plan. I believe I receive what you have for, uh, for me. And be it unto me according to your word. Yes. So she took what God had said, believed it, agreed with it, accepted it, and said it. And it came to pass. So you see God's side there in verse number, is that 35, where the angel said, The Holy Spirit is going to uh, come on thee. The Holy Ghost shall come on thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, something supernatural is going to happen. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that because that's just something that stood out to me in preparing for this. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is involved in the, the conception of Jesus. It was not something natural. It was something supernatural. And in this case, it actually planted the seed of God in her womb. 
But the Holy Spirit wants to plant the seed of God in the spiritual womb of every man. And when I say spiritual womb, I mean the heart. He wants to plant a a, a purpose, a vision for what God has for them to do into the spiritual womb, meaning the heart of a man, so that it can, that man's life can bring forth something supernatural, if I could say it that way. God has a plan for every man, every, every person, human, you know, man, woman, boy, and girl. And that plan, no, nobody's an accident. Nobody, somebody said, well, my parents said I was an accident. Without God putting the human spirit in that embryo and that seed, you would have never been born. It wasn't just your parents' plan. It wasn't just an accident. It was, it was something God planned. God had a plan for every person and has a plan for every person. And um, he wants to bring forth something out of that person's life. Number one, to bless that person's life. There's many things he wants to do for that individual, for all of us individually. But he has something he wants to produce through that person's life that is just absolutely supernatural that there's no way naturally to explain how that happened. And I want to share a little bit about that this morning because the Holy Spirit is involved in these things. And I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But I want to say that just like Mary here in verse 38 said, be it unto me according to thy word, she agreed with it. So God works with individuals by his spirit you know, brooding over their life, so to speak, working with them to, to get them to agree with what he's wanting to do. And the enemy will come and he'll lie and he'll say, you don't want to do that. But if you and I, there's a verse over in Ephesians that talks about Ephesians chapter number two, verse number 10 in the Amplified, it says, if we take paths that are prepared ahead of time by God for us. This is the Amplified of Ephesians 2.10. We'll live the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And so that life is is something that God has planned for every man, but it's not just a good life for that man or that woman, which will bless them tremendously. It's a life that will bless many other lives. There's nothing worse than dying with, with, with no fruit, so to speak. No, no other, nobody else's life was benefited that that, that that person was alive. You understand what I'm talking about? And so we want to look at a little bit, a little bit of this this morning. And um, every time in the New Testament, this, this word overshadow here in verse 35, the Holy Ghost will come upon thee, power of the highest will overshadow you. Every time that, that term overshadow is mentioned in the New Testament, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit coming on someone. Um, it's used in three of the Gospels whenever Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and a cloud came down, you know, uh, uh, Peter, James, and John were there. A cloud came down and uh, covered, you know, a cloud of God's presence and, and came over those that were there. And Jesus was uh, enveloped in the cloud. All the, you know, Peter, James, and John were enveloped in the cloud. And the Bible says whenever that cloud overshadowed them, that's the word it used, overshadowed them, that a voice came out of that cloud. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. This is my, and that's the glory in the presence of God. And that term is a reference for the Holy Spirit coming on somebody. Um, Then we find over in Acts chapter number five, uh, the Bible talks about Peter's shadow overshadowing people and they were healed. Well, we know natural shadows. Now I got, probably got a shadow here somewhere. It doesn't heal anybody. But, but what was talking, he was talking about the Holy Spirit was on him. And that when he got close to people that healed people that were sick around him. And so it's once again, talking about the Holy Spirit. So, um, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit wants to move on you and through you and perform things that you can't do for your, for your life. God didn't reserve this power that came on Mary for Mary only. Jesus' death, his life, of course, he lived and then he died on the cross and rose again. Jesus, all that was to, produce, to bring that power to all mankind and make it available to all mankind. That's why Acts 1.8 says you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses. It'll turn us into people that we're not, so to speak. It'll turn us into different people. 
It'll enable us. And so um, God sent Jesus to really make that power available to every man. And so I want you to see that, uh, that, that that power will transform your life. It'll give you a life that you never dreamed you could have had. I'm walking in a life I never dreamed I could. I'm walking in places in God that I never, never knew I could have. And so this power, I want you to notice this power mixed with words spoken, which is what Mary did there, be it unto me according to your word, is what created the worlds in the beginning. Genesis 1 says that uh, in the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth and so forth. And it says the, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. The, the presence of God came on this planet, and then the Bible says over and over again, and God said, and God said, and God said. That's the mixture of the power of God and words spoken that produced something that had not been before. That's the very power that created Jesus in Mary's womb. It was a creative power. In both Genesis and in Luke's gospel here, it was a creative power. I like what this one uh, Greek help said. It said, um, this word, let me back up, I've lost my place here. This word means, I'm looking, for, oh, here it is. To, this word overshadow in the Greek means to envelop in a haze of brilliancy. <laughs> Talking about God's presence. Figuratively, it means to invest with influence that is outside of the natural or that produces something outside of the ordinary course of nature. Therefore, it is exceptional and abnormal. He's talking about something supernatural. That which is beyond or not conforming to the regular course of things. We have people sitting right here in this congregation who the doctor said would not live because of cancer. That they're sitting here today completely healthy. And, then, and the doctors themselves says, our treatments weren't working. It was not our treatment. That is abnormal. <laughs> it's normal for, for, for the power, <laughs> for the power of God. But it's abnormal to the ordinary course of things. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living that kind of life where the power works in you and my life to produce things that are just not the way it normally goes for people. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm interested. <laughs> and so that's what this word means. It describes the Holy Spirit coming on someone. And, uh, and uh, you can see that in different places in the New Testament. I want to read a verse here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 9. I'm using the Amplified Classic a lot today. Um, there's a lot of it. I, I like the Amplified Classic version. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is when Paul was praying about some things that kept opposing his life and ministry, and he was asking God to I, I, get this off of my life. And here's what God said. This is the Amplified, verse number nine. He said, my grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and complete, completed, and shown uh, and show, uh, let me back up here. I read that wrong. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled, and completed, and show themselves more effective in your weakness. Now, he said, therefore, I will, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities. Right? I want I to point that out. He's talking about a, a weakness. And sometimes we look at that and think that's sickness and disease. Most of the time in the New Testament, this is referring to inability to produce results. He said, I glory in my inability to produce results that the strength, power of Christ, the Messiah may rest. Listen to this. Yea, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Paul said... I choose to live the kind of life where the power of God is pitched over my life like a tent. And what is he in the context? What's he saying that power will do? It will enable him 
to overcome infirmities or weaknesses or inability to produce results. The Greek word, I don't mean to feed you too many Greek roots this morning. You might starve on Greek roots, but um, that was a joke. The, word, the, the Greek word for infirmities means weaknesses, want of strength, inability to produce results, or as the Strong's, that's a, a Greek help, it says, inability to do things grand and glorious. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> that would be all of us. Inability to produce things grand and glorious. Then it goes on and says, it means the power or the capacity that is necessary to understand a thing, do things great and glorious, restrain corrupt desires, bear up under trial or trouble. You ever had trouble come against you and you just have no ability to overcome it in your own self? You ever had corrupt desires rise up and they overpowered you? Seemed like you had no power or ability to stop yourself from doing what you hate yourself doing for. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. He's saying, there's help for me in, in those situations where I don't have the ability to do the right thing or to overcome a trial or some sort of hardship or to understand something that I don't understand. He mentioned that one here. I, there's, there's things in all of our lives, well, let me put it this way, in all of our lives, without God's help, all of us will live a life that has nothing grand or glorious in it. It'll only have bondage, it'll only have wrongdoing, it'll only have trouble that, that overcomes us, overpowers us. But God said, I know that you can't do all these things on your own. And he said, I'm offering to pitch a tent over you of my presence and my power, just like came on Mary to produce a life that is a transformed life that has the, the that is able to stand in places and places of victory over sin and, uh, you know, victory over trial that no man has the explanation for. And so... That's what Romans 8 is talking about in verse 26 and 27. It starts out, like, it starts out saying, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. Yes. There are things in all of our lives that without the power of God, yeah. uh, we're, so to speak, up a creek without a paddle. Yes. Yes. And we don't have the ability to produce any results in that area. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is given to, in, to our lives for, to assist us in these things, tests and trials, things that we can't overcome in our own power. And a to, he assists us to live. Somebody said, I just can't live the Christian life. Exactly. That's why he's given you and, my, you and me the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. I had a man one time come to me, a young man here at the church. He came to me and said, I just can't live like you live. He had seen some, some uh, victories in my life. He had seen how God would help us in different areas and, and how that we were transformed by the power of God into our, in, in a different way of living and, and so forth. And he said, I just can't live like you live. And I looked at it because I knew what he was thinking. Yeah. You know, the enemy was saying, I'm, I'm just going to give up and quit. And I looked at him and I said, guess what? I can't either. I can't either. What I was trying to get across to him, what you're seeing in my life is not something that is of me. I learned a long time ago, if, uh, if it was up to me to be a blessing or it was up to me to overcome sin or up to me, ain't nobody going to get blessed out of this guy. And so that's what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for. It's to bear, up in in, bear us up in inabilities and make us able. Yes. Yes. Amen. Strengthen us by His Spirit in the inner man, the Bible says. And so um, you and I can live that kind of life. Every one of us have done things that we don't like that we did that. And every one of us have done things over and over that we don't like that we did that or have kept doing that. 
And it seems like, you know, I'm just bound by this. I just don't have, I don't have what it takes. And the fact is in ourselves, we don't. But Romans says in the eighth chapter of Romans in the 13th verse, it says, we, we, through the spirit, mortify the deeds of our body. We don't do it by willpower. How many of you know, Mary couldn't produce uh, Jesus in her womb by willpower. (laughs) So I, um, I want to encourage you that God knows you can't do things that he wants you to do in your own ability. He never planned for you to do things that he wants you to do, whether it be living free from sin, whether it be uh, his plan for your life, walking out and carrying out his plan for your life in other areas for service to others. He never planned for you and I to do that by our own abilities. Yeah. Right. Right. He planned for us to be overshadowed. Yes. Thing about the enemy is he takes advantage of weakness. You take a basketball team. They will study the team they're getting ready to play looking for their weaknesses. Why? So that they can just know it? No. So they can take advantage of it. On the, on the court. They, take, they go out there and they say, right here, we know there's a weakness right here. We're going to take advantage of that. And we're going to uh, score points by taking advantage of that. And that's the way the enemy, Satan is. He, he takes advantage of our weaknesses. Except we have someone, the Bible said, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities and our weaknesses and has provided us his power to overcome those weaknesses. And that's why Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, he says, it's expedient for you or or actually it's to your advantage that I go away because the Holy Spirit will come if I go away. And so the Holy Spirit is going to take away Satan's advantage. Where he, he has tripped us up, made us fall into sin, and so forth and so on. Those things used to be Satan's advantage. But the Holy Spirit, if we will learn to uh, let him work in our lives, will take Satan's advantage away from him and give us the advantage. And so I want to encourage you this morning. This is really a, a, a victorious life is really part of the miracle of Christmas. Jesus born or conceived in Mary's womb was just, just uh, the experience that Mary had to bring forth Jesus in the flesh. But Jesus wants to be born inside of every man to produce, and then the Holy Spirit will come in and remake every man in, in, in the nature of God, in, with the power of God in there to enable them to live victoriously. And so it'll take away Satan's advantage. Now, I want to just look at something here in Romans. Let's, let's just skip down to, uh, well, you can go to Philippians chapter number two if you brought your Bible. We won't go a whole lot longer here. But in, uh, while you're going to Philippians, I want to read something. How many have ever read in James 3, it says the tongue can no man tame? It's an unruly evil. That might be one thing that you struggle with. Just, just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Or saying things you shouldn't say. <laughs> Have no control, always sticking your foot in your mouth, talking too much, talking critically of other people, and just like, I, know, I can't get a hold of this tongue. I just, well, you, you can't do it in your own power. I don't know who that was for. Maybe that was <laughs> Philippians chapter number two. Philippians two. Let's, I, I better find it myself here. That'd be helpful, wouldn't it? It tells us in Philippians two. Like I said, I'm not going to go a lot longer here. Just want you to see this. Philippians 2, let's read verse 12 through 14. As, as you have always obeyed in my presence only, uh, my pres- always obeyed not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Wow. Just like he worked in Mary. To do something that was his pleasure. God's plan is what he's talking about. And uh, he said he'll work in us to bring forth his plan. But he added something here that's very interesting. Not only does he work in us to do it, but he works in us by the Holy Spirit to will. In other words, he will work on us to get us to the place that we want what God wants. 
another translation says, it's God himself whose power creates within you, that power is what he's talking about, creates within you the desire to do his gracious will and also bring about the accomplishment of that desire. Wow. God's, God's desire for your and my life is a good plan. Jeremiah says, I know the things I plan for you, plans to do you good. So the enemy will say you don't want it, but actually you do. And when, when you recognize God's plan, it's to do us good, it's to bring forth a good thing, like, like Jesus, bring forth a good thing. Um, but that plan will really bless your life as well as be a blessing to many other lives. And so he, wants to, he works in us to will and to do. We were talking about the Holy Spirit overshadowing people. That, he'll, he'll work on people to will and to do. I know he worked on me. I thought I didn't want God's plan for my life. I thought it would, you know, make me do a lot of things, you know, do a lot of things I didn't want to do and I wouldn't enjoy it. You know, but it was all a lie. And, but the Holy Spirit kept working with me and working with me. And he sent people across my path who were led of the Spirit and they, they spoke things to me that, that, that grabbed me, you know, and just... And, and, and he just kept working and kept working. And finally, the lies were, 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 you know, pulled back. The curtains were pulled back. And I realized I'm, I'm not smart for fighting this. It's not going well. How's that working out for me? You know, I could tell you my testimony if I had time. I don't want to take that amount of time this morning. But um, he, he, without his ability, all of us are weak and can't produce what he wants us to do. Um, but if we'll yield to him, he'll work in us and labor with us and labor together with us to bring forth something beautiful, something of God and not of ourselves. We all can get spiritually weak and we notice that when we do that, our desire for the will of God begins to wane. Our desire for the word of God begins to wane and the desires of the flesh rise up like a giant. This is what I want. Because there's the fleshly desire and there's, there's the heart desires. The spirit of man that re, has born again, he has desires for God. And so um, when we become disinterested in spiritual things, including the will of God for our life, we start going that way and nothing, nothing supernatural is happening. We're on our own. In fact, we've got an enemy who's going to steal, kill, and destroy because we've got the door open to him. And so this, this, this work of God in us, both to will and to do, when I read that he works in us to will, that, that to me sounds like consecration, which is not a popular word in our culture, <laughs> but, uh, but he'll work a work of consecration in your life to where you want what God wants. And um, it's not something we can do in our own power, just jump up and down, you know, in our own fleshly, you know, nature and get excited about the will of God. But he'll work in us to want to do what he wants us to do. And he'll enable us not only to just want it, he'll enable us to go ahead and do it. And uh, it will be something of God, something supernatural, something born not out of any talent we have inherent in ourselves. Thank God for natural talent. But there'll be something that is beyond ability that is in ourselves. I, I sometimes, before I get up to preach, I'm like, oh God, if you don't help me, I'm up the creek. I'm done. And these people are out here expecting you to do something in their life. And you're sending this little, you know, farm kid out there. <laughs> I grew up on the farm. You better show up, God, or else they're up. all the people that came to get something from you, they're not going to get anything from you. And so, uh, so I consecrate myself and I say, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. And people get blessed and I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> and so Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane had the prayer, the prayer of consecration. He said, let this, remember, he said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. What do we see there? There's a battle going on between 
his own natural makeup, not wanting to do the will of God, but uh, between that and his desire to fulfill the will of God. And so that battle, Jesus won that battle. You understand what we're talking about? He surrendered his will to the Father. And uh, that's what a lot of us deal with. That's a, there's a war going on between us doing our thing and, and consecrating to God. I can't, I can't say what it means, what, what I'm saying, uh, what I'm ministering this morning, how it applies to each life here today. You have to take what I'm saying and the Holy Spirit will take it way beyond what I'm saying and say, this is what I'm putting my finger on in your life this morning. But have you ever, have you ever, have, have anybody have children? You got a lot of children. We saw, they came from somewhere up here this morning. So you have children, but, uh. You know, you, something breaks or something gets, you know, a little necklace gets yeah. knotted up or yeah. a toy breaks or something's yeah. not working. Yeah. Daddy, daddy, or mommy, mommy, yeah. this isn't working. Yeah. And so you get your hands on it and you start yeah. fixing it. Yeah. Yeah. And they see that uh, you're fixing it and then they say, no, I got it. And they start pushing your hands away. Yeah. You ever had your child do that? Well, sometimes there's, there's things in our lives that need work on, and we say, God, help me. And, and so he gets his hands on it yes. and starts working yes. on it, yes. and then we want to bat his hands away. Yeah. Ah, I, didn't, I, that, 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 I don't like that. It feels... Ah. <laughs> but let, me, let him work. Just let, his, keep, let him keep his hands on it. I've had seasons where he's dealing with me. I got, I'm going through one right now. Oh, my Lord. He's just dealing with me about something and dealing with me about something and dealing with me about something. And I'm like, how long are you going to have your hand on me about this? But it's that overshadowing. He's preparing me for what he has prepared for me. And so I just, I just consecrate. I said, Lord, just work me over. I don't mean, see, when I say work me over, people hear that differently because they have different spiritual backgrounds. I'm not talking about through cancer or through the curse of some kind. I'm talking about just his dealings in my heart. And so that, that battle doesn't have to be lost in your life. Let God work. And so that's what the Bible means when it says we are his workmanship. The power overshadows us and works something in us that's impossible for us to produce in our own self. So um, I encourage you to take that verse in Philippians there, Philippians 2, especially verse 13 and 14. It's he that works in me both to will and to do of his good. I would I'd encourage you to take that verse and put that in your mouth. In other words, say it. To say, it's him that's working in me. He's working in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Um, we... We have to yield to God, and this is one way we yield to Him. Lord, you're working in my life, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And so um, make that a part of what you say to the Lord and and acknowledge His working in you. When He's working in you, say, Father, it's you working. I I receive what you're working. And um, heaven uh, offers its help for you to fulfill God's plan. He never, incur- he never asks you to do it on your own. There's help from heaven to do this. I'm telling you, when, when heaven gets involved, it becomes easy. The struggle is over. It's a matter of surrender. It's a matter of saying yes. Um, it's a matter of, of turning off the mind, trying to figure it all out and just say, I don't understand all that you're dealing with me about in my heart, but I say yes. Yes to your will. And so it's him that works in us. And uh, you're going to be doing what you do, not by your willpower. God, when the Bible says we're laborers together with God. That means we'll put our hand to do what he's asking us to do. And then he'll put his hands on top of our hands. And he'll enable us to do what we weren't able to do before. And so people think because they're uh, just doing God's will that everything's fine. But no, he said it's him that works in us both to will and to do. In other words, he'll work in us not just to do it, but to be willing to do it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. 
that's, that's, that's something that has overshadowed my life. Just like it came on Mary to enable her to produce something impossible. Uh, you know, I used to struggle with, I don't, I don't want that. I don't. And whenever God was dealing with me about something, I would, I would sort of kick against it. And I learned after a while that never works. <laughs> it could be his dealings with you about many different things. It never works. And uh, I just learned after a while to stop struggling. Just say, yes, Lord. And we're going to invite you to do that in this service. And so um, it's not enough to just do it. It's an, he wants us to be willing and obedient. And so grace really does it through us. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He was a great blessing in his day, and even today, of course, through the word. But he, he said, it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. Grace is God's help to do what you can't do. Yes. And uh, he offers us that, but he needs us to cooperate with it. Yes. Well, I'm nobody special. That's right. And neither are the rest of us. That's right. But God uses... God does some mighty, extraordinary things through some really ordinary people. All through the Bible. Nobody that, you know, like it talks about Elijah and his great miracles. It says in James chapter number five, he was a man just like us, subject to lusts and temptations and so forth, just like us. And the miracles that God worked through him, notice that term, God worked through him. They were not of him. He was not the source of them. But he was cooperating with God. And the glory went back to God because he couldn't have done that in his own ability. And so um, let him do that work in your life because it'll produce some extraordinary things. Our culture right now needs some extraordinary things through people that yield to God. Those uh, culture around us needs that. And so he's going to help us. In Philippians there it says, it's him that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How about, how about it's him that enables us to run our race, so to speak. Yeah. The Bible said God has set a race before each of us to run his plan for our lives, the course he has for our lives. And um, so he wants us to finish that course or take that path that he's prepared for us. And he wants us to do it with joy. Not complaining, not grumbling, say, I don't like this. I never did like getting up on Sunday morning and going to church. I never, you know, I'm always tired. Oh, I can't. I don't have the ability. Exactly. Tap into his ability. And so make this a part of your prayer life. That which needs to be worked in me, Lord, work it. And uh, I, I will do it with joy. Now, that might be a confession of faith at the first because you might not feel like it. But just make that a, a consecration confession to him. And, um, and say, that which, I, that which needs to be done in me, do it. I give you full permission. Because I love your will. I want your plan. I want you in my life. It's an honor to fulfill your plan. And uh, if you pray that and mean that from your heart, he'll work in you and begin to transform you and, and, and uh, work your, work, work, bring you to the place to where it's all about doing what he wants. Yes. And you have no reservations anymore. When you find yourself struggling with things like bad habits or just something in your temperament, yeah. you know, that... You're always backwards when you should be obeying. You're always, I can't talk about you, but I could talk about me. (laughs) Here I am standing as a pastor ministering and, and, you know, that's sort of a public thing. It's a people thing and so forth and so on. But do you know, as a teenager, I didn't like people. (laughs) I love them now. They're awesome. (laughs) But I'm talking about as a teenager. I didn't even like people. I had a pet dog. We ran the fields and had fun together. And the more I spent time with my dog, the less I I, I like people. You know, I like. But and and God called me to to the people business, you know. I mean, if you could say it that way. 
He called a man in the Old Testament to be king, King Saul. And he was so shy on his inauguration day, he went and hid himself. Okay, this one's going to need some working on. He's to be a king and to make decisions and to lead, you know. Uh, you know, God called Peter and he was rash and had a big mouth and said the wrong thing at the wrong time. He called Moses to be a spokesman before the greatest, you know, mili- I mean, real military and government leader of the day in Egypt. And he stuttered. Moses stuttered. <gasps> you might say, I don't have the ability. Exactly. He's not looking for people that have ability. He's looking for people that have faith. That, that trust him to give them the ability. Well, I want to I just leave you with that this morning. That's what I had in my heart. I, I don't know where you are this morning. I know we have people that I have maybe never met, but I don't know where you are spiritually between you and the Lord. And I don't know if you've just sort of pushed him out of your life, whether he's been invited into your life. But I want to give everyone who is here this morning an opportunity who maybe has just said, listen, I, I, this, this thing about God, this thing about Jesus, you know, I, I just don't need that. I just, I just don't want that. Or I just, I, I can do this on my own. And there's things that just, just keep tripping you up, just keep messing you up, just keep causing you to, you know, where your feet were just a few minutes before, now your head's there. Smack on your back. There's things that in all our life we just can't produce. I want to pray with you. Bow your head for a moment. <clears throat> Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person that's here this morning. I don't believe they're here by accident. I believe they are drawn here by your spirit and that you are hovering over many in this room this morning, overshadowing them by your presence, drawing them to you, drawing them to a life that is supernatural, a life that is beyond what they can produce in themselves. A life that's free, free from sin, free from habits, free from bondages, free from maybe some of them wanting to hurt themselves, free from things the enemy's trying to uh, harass them with, free from past sins and condemnation, things that they're not proud of that hound them and give them nightmares. Father, whatever the situation, there's people here that the Holy Spirit is hovering over, drawing them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that is here that needs you in their life. They've never invited you into their lives. They've never asked you to be their savior and to help them because you stand by offering them this overshadowing, this help of the spirit. You stand by wanting to pitch that tent over their lives to grace them, to forgive them, wash them, to deliver them from sins and bondages in their past. Father, thank you for that. Thank you that you're standing by for that help. And we we ask you by your spirit to draw them to you in Jesus' name. With heads bowed, no one looking around. I just want to ask, if that's you that I'm talking about, there's something that uh, you you, you just, in your past, you just kept pushing Jesus away, pushing away uh, his dealings, the spirit of God working in your life. And you have come to this place this morning you're saying I know exactly what you're talking about pastor I know he's been working I know he's been talking I've not responded but this morning I'm ready I'm going to say yes to Jesus yes to his dealings and yes to coming into the kingdom of God and letting him work in my life throw that tent over my life and overshadow me and help me to do what I can't do. If that's you with heads bowed no one looking around eyes closed please would you just raise your hand right where you're seated We're not going to ask you to come forward. We're just going to ask you to raise your hand. Thank you, sir. I see two hands over here. Thank you. Two more. Thank you. Another one in the back. Thank you very much. You're not raising it for me. You're really saying to God, yes, I'm responding to you. Anyone else? We're not going to ask you to come forward. We're going to pray with you right there in your seat where you are. Anyone else before we pray? I believe you really are sincere this morning. You mean business with God. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you very much. You're really sincere, and you mean it, and God's ready to meet you right there in your seat. Anyone else before we pray? You're, by, by raising your hand, you're just saying, include me in that prayer. I want to I receive this, this uh, help of God. I want to be born again. Anyone else? 
All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we've seen these hands. I believe they meant business before you. I believe, Father, that it's your spirit drawing them to you. Father God, we thank you for each one of them right now. We thank you that they will be transformed in this prayer that they're about to pray. Between you and and them, you see their heart and you know they mean it, mean business with God. I'm going to pray a prayer. I want each one that raised their hand to repeat it after me. But everyone in the congregation, let's pray it with them and just be there in faith with them as they pray this prayer. So I'm going to ask everybody to, uh, to repeat this. Say, Father God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I've tried on my own. I've tried in my own ability to live victoriously, free from the past and my sins. And I haven't been able to do it. I need this uh, new creation, this new birth that is from the Holy Spirit coming into my life. Dear Lord Jesus, I've been kicking against you, but I surrender this morning. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, and that you rose again from the dead to give me victory, to give me your power, to be free from sin. I receive that remission of sin this morning into my life. Be my Savior and Lord. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, I receive this now, and I thank you for it. I believe you hear me, and I believe you answer my prayer. I'm now your child. I'm now saved. The Holy Spirit has come into my life in order to strengthen me to fulfill your plan for my life. Thank you. I receive it now. Would everyone please just raise your hands and thank God for these? Those of you that prayed that for the first time, receive, raise your hand and thank God. Thank you. Father, we thank you for every person right now that prayed that prayer, meant it from their heart. I thank you for a transformation that is taking place right now. Thank you for the Holy Spirit coming on them, coming, uh, overshadowing them, empowering them to live what you, how you've called them to live. We'll give you all the praise for it. It is your working in them, not their working. And we thank you for teaching them how to work with you, how to cooperate with you, just like Mary, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We're going to see some supernatural things in these individuals' lives. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Well, if you prayed that for the first time and you meant it, I'm here to say welcome to the family of God and welcome to supernatural living, a life that produces things you couldn't produce in your own power, your own ability.